In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Please be seated. This is the second Sunday of Lent. We last week reminded ourselves about the goals of Lent, the the process of Lent to uh, engage in self-examination that leads to repentance. We talked about the four things that we do uh, to engage in self-examination, the tools that we have for self-examination, which are fasting, almsgiving, prayer, and the reading of God's holy word. We talked about uh, repentance leading to baptism. And now the question that we're answering is, how now shall we live? What do we do once we're baptized? What is the way in which we're supposed to live? The ways in which we're supposed to think and to act. And this is uh, brought forward for us in uh, Mark's Gospel, chapter 8, when Jesus sets about the way in which he will bring us salvation, the course in which he will bring us salvation. And that he introduces as the suffering that he does during the Passion Week, being rejected by the scribes and elders, and then his crucifixion. And the response to the crucifixion is an obvious one. St. Peter says, don't do that. Because then as now, friends most often are likely to say, don't do that. that, that's too hard, don't do that to yourself, preserve yourself, preserve your life, look after yourself first. And this is the course that Peter takes, he says, Jesus don't do that, that's too hard, you don't want to do that thing. Uh, preserve your life, save it, right? Hide from them if they're going to kill you. And Jesus rejects that soundly. Because he's telling Peter, you don't understand the ways of God, and indeed you don't understand the ways of love. The way of the cross is the way of love. The way of love is sacrifice. All love is sacrificial. All healthy love is sacrificial. When we love God, it means that we're putting him first. When we say that we're supposed to love our neighbor as ourself, that means in place of ourself. It doesn't mean I love myself and then I'll try to love you in the same way. It means that I'm putting my neighbor before myself. So all love is sacrificial. And Jesus is saying that if you're not putting another first, if you're not putting God first and your neighbor first, then what you're doing is preserving your own life. And in preserving your own life, you're going to die. You have no soul in which to live. How is that? When we're always looking to ourselves, we're corrupting. Because that selfishness, that pride and that arrogance, that self-centeredness and putting ourselves first destroys the soul. We see it very clearly in daily living. We've experienced it, at least I have, in our own lives. When we start to think, me first, and what do I need, and, and how am I going to put myself first or above others? It has a corrupting influence on the soul, because that's not how we were made. It's not the way in which we were created to live. And when we're always looking out for ourselves, the soul becomes corrupted and indeed destroyed. And then Jesus says, if you're putting yourself first, what soul do you have to preserve? But if we're loving another, if we're loving God, and we're sacrificing for God and our neighbor, our soul is alive when we're willing to sacrifice it. This is, of course, the, the great singular paradox of Christian living. All Christian theology is paradoxical. The most fundamental uh, aspects of it are paradoxical. That is, uh, to save our life, we must lose it. And so he says uh, that if you do not embrace the cross, if you don't embrace the lifestyle of self-sacrifice, 
then you're ashamed of it. And if you're ashamed of the cross and of Christ, then the Lord will be ashamed of you. And this is the kind of back and forth relationship that Jesus talks about throughout the Gospels. If we're ashamed of sacrifice, if we're ashamed of love, if we're ashamed of putting God first, if we're not proclaiming Him, if we're not giving Him credit, if we're not living our lives in a way that's sacrificial for others, it's because we're ashamed of the message of the cross. And we see a boldness in this message all the way back 2,000 years before the time of Christ and Abraham. Abraham walked the way of the cross 2,000 years before. Jesus tells us this. He says, Abraham saw my day and rejoiced. He saw the way of the cross. He knew it. The Lord tells Abraham, sacrifice your only son. This is the the fundamental promise that had been given to Abraham. Because he uh, gives himself to the Lord, because he offers himself completely to the Lord in faith and obedience, the Lord says, in that obedience I will give you a son. And out of this son will become a great nation. So all of the promise that Abraham had from God, all that God had offered him in his obedience was this son Isaac. And this is exactly who the Lord asked him to sacrifice. It's only natural when we understand this relationship that we have with the Lord. He says, now you have to be willing to give everything that I've given you back to me. And so Abraham willingly offers this sacrifice. The scripture calls it a test. And sometimes we have a hard time with that. Oh no, would the Lord test us? Hopefully so. Hopefully so, because it's only in testing that we're improved. Think of it. When we test a a new jet aircraft, do we do it in the hopes that it will crash? No. We do it to see how well it performs and to see what changes, modifications need to be made. If we're testing a new cake recipe, do we hope that the cake falls? No, we're hoping to perfect the recipe, right? We're trying to learn so that we can perfect it. This is the testing that the Lord is doing with Abraham. He's testing us in order to perfect us. He's testing Abraham in order to perfect him. And so he tells him, go and offer your son Isaac. He sends him to Mount Moriah. And Mount Moriah is the mount on which or a thousand years later, King David will build the city of Jerusalem. It's on Mount Moriah 2,000 years later that Christ will be sacrificed. So he's sending Abraham and Isaac to the mount where the holy temple will stand, where the sacrifice of the nation of Israel will be offered, and finally where the final sacrifice of Christ himself will be offered once and for all. Because Isaac, although could be a good sacrifice, is not a perfect sacrifice. The perfect sacrifice is our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ because he's the only one that could take all of the sin of the world upon him and he's the only one that could freely offer himself. Isaac wouldn't have known what he was doing. He couldn't have understood what it was in this cosmic level to take all the sins of the world upon him. He wasn't free from sin himself so he wouldn't have been a perfect sacrifice. Christ is the only son of the covenant 
And he is the perfect son who is able to be the perfect sacrifice. So what we see in Abraham and Isaac is a prefiguring, a pre-shadowing, a forewarning, a foretelling of what Christ and God the Father fulfill on that mount 2,000 years later. And the offering, of course, is to remove us from our sin, which is what God promises and what St. Paul talks about in chapter 8 of Romans. He talks about removing sin from us. Make no mistake, because St. Paul talks about two different avenues that we can go down, condemnation and justification. And we get those confused sometimes. Condemnation and justification are very different, but they're both responses to sin. Sometimes people think, oh, God is going to ignore my sins. No, he can't. He's holy. He will destroy all sin right? That's like saying that if you put a a hot thing into the oven, uh, the oven is just going to ignore whatever is in it. It's not the nature of the oven. God's grace is so powerful that it will either reshape and reform what's in it or it will destroy it. So the question is, what is God's response to sin going to be? He's not going to ignore it. His response is justification. Which for some people on the outside looks like condemnation. What's condemnation? Condemnation, when we condemn a building, we destroy it, right? When we condemn a building, we say it's no longer uh, able to be justified. It can't be fixed. And so we completely destroy it. We raise it to the ground. Justifying means to straighten. So the Lord's response to our sin is straightening. It means that he's going to relay our foundation upon him. Right? He's going to ground us upon him. He's going to straighten our ways according to his word. He's going to level us so that we are in tune and in line with his will and the power of the Holy Spirit. So he's going to justify us. He's going to reshape us and remake us, which sometimes to some people looks like destruction, right? Because they say, that's not the way my life has looked. That's not the way that I've lived. That's not who I am authentically. That's not the natural me, right? And the Lord is going to reshape us so much. He's going to remake us that sometimes it feels like destruction, but it's reshaping. So we have to participate, we have to be willing to invite the Lord, to invite the Holy Spirit in, and to reshape us, to remold us, so that that sin is removed, and so that our life is set upon His firm foundation. Sometimes that process is very scary, and from the outside can look very dangerous. Should have looked dangerous to Abraham. Sacrifice your son. How do we read that and not say, that's outrageous? That's what our response is supposed to be. Our response is supposed to be, that's outrageous. And yet all around him, parents were sacrificing their children all the time. All pagan cultures, at some point, sacrifice children. They kill them in some way. They leave them out to die. They set them on altars whether it's South America, North America, Asia, Africa, children are sacrificed in all pagan cultures. We sacrifice children in our culture today, but instead of on mountaintops, we do it in doctor's offices. Why? So that we can gain convenience or freedom, which are the altars and the icons and the idols of our day so that we're not burdened with dying to ourselves and living to God. So we're supposed to be shocked by Abraham, but then again, maybe not.
Maybe we know too well what it means to sacrifice a child. And maybe we don't know well enough what it means to wake up early in the morning to sacrifice ourselves to God. To wake up early and when he calls us to justify us and to remake our lives, we say as he did, here I am. May we wake up early in the morning and say to the Lord, here I am. Remake me in your image.